Psalm 32, verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him and whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. As we read in Psalm 32, may we experience the freedom that David experienced from the guilt of his own past sin. Lord, today, work and move in such a way that we can move forward beyond our past regrets. In your name we pray. Amen. How many could uh, say you can identify with something on the screen there? Even our own lives. Regret of the past that we need to release. Finding release from that, uh, that past. And one of the verses that we looked at when we began this New Begins Now series was Isaiah 43. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Of course, as you look up on the screen, what you perceive there is not a picture of what God wants to do. To move you into the new that he wants to do in your life. We've got to let go. We've got to leave the past and, uh, you know, maybe trying to leave, but you can't take the baggage with you. We've talked last time about how we've become baggage collectors, holding on to the bad baggage of the past, the things that we regret that, that are keeping us from joy in the present, things that would have, could have, should have been, if only regret over the past, so strong that we're stuck holding on to this baggage that we can't make it through the doorway into the new that God wants to do because we're loaded down with all that's happened to us, for all that's been done to us in the past, so to speak. Maybe as we've talked about it, we're ready to release some of those things, some of those regrets of the bad that happened to us. But are we ready to release the bad that happened through us? It's one thing to forgive someone else for what they did, But what about what we did? You see, what makes baggage difficult to let go of is that we believe it is our baggage. 
that this is not what somebody else did to us or gave us. This is our own bags we created. Regret over problems and pains we caused. It's on us. And so we're not ready to move into the new that God wants to do because we've chosen instead to go on a guilt trip. Are you with me? Hopefully not really on that one, right? We've got our bags packed. We've got our bags packed. Our guilt ready to go. But we're never going to go to the new that God wants to do when we're hanging on to the regretting the past, hanging on to that baggage of the past that is guilt over what we've done, said, whatever it might be. In fact, what some don't realize, it's not just guilt, and I, I put true guilt on this one. Not everybody can see. I suppose I should make this around. You know, I've got true guilt here, but the reality is we actually have two bags of guilt. We also have one we carry around that is false guilt. Today, what we're going to do is look at how do we release the regret of our past wrongs. Not what was done to us, what we did. Our past wrongs by letting go of the guilt. Letting go, first and foremost, of the guilt by removing false guilt. Psalm 32, which we read earlier, let's look back at that in verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him and whose spirit is no deceit. This is how it should be. Blessed. You know, and blessed even, at times that word means happy. They're talking about joy, fighting for joy. This is where we find the joy, fighting for joy. Blessed, happy is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. The Lord does not count. This is how it should be, and yet so many of us are saddened by a guilt of what we've done, what we've said. We're not experiencing what this is talking about right here. In fact, some people are not experiencing this blessedness even over things that they haven't done wrong and yet still feel guilty about. Do you know what I mean when I talk about that? Being constantly weighed down with the guilt morning, noon, and night about things that you haven't actually sinned to get there. You feel guilty about something that you said or did, but it wasn't wrong in God's book. And there's nothing that you can point to that shows the Holy Spirit pointing something out about this. And you look at your life and everything else, everything in your life has been given to God. You have sought that forgiveness and you have what you thought received that forgiveness. And yet for some reason, you're still carrying around a bag a bag of false guilt 
We have to grasp that there is a difference between grief over what happened, what we did, and guilt over what we've done. Those are two different things, but sometimes we don't always see that. We can experience grief over innocent mistakes, something that we tried to do our best, and no matter what we would have done or could have done, it wasn't going to change the outcome. Perhaps there were mistakes that we really did mess up. We could have done better. Maybe we even caused other people grief by a mistake that we, that we did. But it wasn't necessarily sin in our life. A regret may not be over something uh, like that, but we still have guilt about it. A mistake, you know, two plus like, and we've kind of talked about this, two plus two equals five. No, if you're adding that up at work and it works that way, it doesn't go so well. You regret that. It wasn't good. But bad math is not sin. Unless, of course, you're studying right now in math and you're trying to learn math and you're deciding that you don't want to do your homework and you don't want anything to do with math, that you don't care about it, and you're choosing to forget it. And so, therefore, you're bad at math because of that, not following through and taking responsibility or submitting to those in authority over you about this. In which case, your guilt about math might be true guilt. But understand this, either way, God doesn't want you to carry it. Either way, God doesn't want you to carry it around. There are a lot of things that we can regret that do not carry guilt before God. You can forget or you can regret and feel bad about not wearing antiperspirant to your job interview. It didn't go well. But you know what? Having guilt over that is not only not helpful, but it wasn't a sin that you forgot deodorant. I mean, depending on who you talk to, right? (laughs) Or who you're sitting next to. It's those kind of things to think this through in this, this, this kind of way. There are a lot of things. You know, we can regret, feel bad about eating that fourth burrito at midnight. When the next day we've lost sleep and we have to take a test or there's something important and we don't do so well. In fact, there may even be consequences over some of the mistakes we make that we have to face. But that doesn't mean that that is something that we should be carrying around guilt about. I mean, Philippians chapter 3, it's, some of this stuff is just trivial even to hardly even apply it to Philippians chapter 3. It's so small, but yet we are still carrying around it as a false guilt. Philippians 3, remember, says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal. And I, I, I not consider, uh, one thing I do, I forget what is behind. We need to put that past, and some of this past that is something that we've done, something we've said, something's happened that wasn't sin, we should not be having guilt on, we should be, be able to just let go, release that regret about that, to press forward. <clears throat> 
Because some of these things, Jesus did not die for you because you didn't wear deodorant. You may not need God to forgive you. Perhaps what you need is to give yourself some grace. He's already given it to you. It doesn't mean, again, that our mistakes are accidents. The choices that we make in the past that were not sin. I'm talking about those things that were not sin. It does not mean that those things will not still have consequences in our present that we have to live with. And maybe there are certain things that we have to live with every day of our life that we have to face those consequences. We may have to live with that, but we do not have to live with guilt every day about that from the past. There may be other things that we've had to pack our bags for a guilt trip about that were not wrong or sinful, but just a tough call, a hard decision, looking back, that... You don't regret. I mean, there was grief about it. You're sorry to some about what happened or how it was, but we can feel bad and yet not regret because it was the right decision that had to be made. It was a decision that had to be made for God. And it was through the Holy Spirit's direction that you made that decision. In the end, it was something that was the best for everyone. It was God's best. There's no reason to be carrying around false guilt about that. I give you an example. I mean, obviously, Paul has an example in 2 Corinthians 7. But uh, let's just go to Jesus in John chapter 11. In John chapter 11, we see Mary and Martha, friends of Jesus, decide to pack his bags for a guilt trip. Did you catch that? I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way, but in John chapter 11, Mary, uh, Mary and Martha decide they're going to pack Jesus' bags for him because uh, he's going on a guilt trip. Look at John chapter 11, and let's just join it partway through here in verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, Lord will give you what you ask. Now, Mary stayed at home, but Mary wasn't any better. It's not like she let it go. Look a little bit later at verse 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And if you just would have come. I mean, and you put that together with what took place earlier in chapter 11 here of John. In verse 3, he hears about this. The sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick, speaking of Lazarus. In verse 4 there, um, John chapter 11, When he heard this, Jesus said, The sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And yet when he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. They sent him word. He could have gotten there. But he didn't. Lord, it's not just you messed up. My brother's dead because you decided not to show up. Now that's a guilt trip. 
And yet, Jesus had no guilt. He wasn't going on that trip. Even though Lazarus was his friend, and even though there were certain expectations put on him by other people about what friends should be doing, even though Jesus was the healer that could make sick people well, he had no guilt. Even though Mary and Martha were confused and put that upon him, Jesus had no guilt. Did Jesus have grief? Did he experience grief in this? Yes. We read, we always say the shortest verse in the Bible, right? This is where it says Jesus wept. Jesus wept. But there was no guilt because there was no sin. He was not living for their expectations. He was living for what the Father's expectation was. And in verse 14, it gives us some insight before it ever happens. So then he told the disciples plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. I mean, that's a pretty bold thing to say when a bunch of people want to put guilt on you. But I'm glad I wasn't there because this is what God wants to do because of what God wants to do. We need to discern there's a difference between grief that we feel over something and guilt. Maybe it's not guilt we're feeling. Maybe it's grief. Maybe if it's guilt we're feeling, it should be grief. We can learn uh, these over-the-top guilt responses from other people. Uh, whenever uh, make mistakes, accidents happen, send off, uh, we can send off this atomic bomb because some, you just did something. How many of you grew up with, uh, at, at your family home, at, at your family dinner table, where occasionally there would be explosions that would take place when, for example, you spilled the milk? Right, right, right. You spill the milk, and you are—you how could you be you so? And then you are—you are this, and they're just—they're just going on and on and on about. I mean, it was like you just committed the unpardonable sin. You spilled your milk. It's an important. Now, again, I suppose I got to throw this in. If by chance you were trying to balance your full glass of milk on your head and your parents told you to not do that because that's how accidents happen, then that would be true guilt. Not true guilt about the milk being spilled because that's not a sin. Disobeying your parents and them trying to give you direction, that is sin. And that's where true guilt comes in, not guilt from your milk. But yet we're, we're kind of taught that, we're shown that, you know, just in the things, the simple little things, sometimes it's made such big deals about like we have just committed some great sin and we feel we're guilty because that's what people want us to feel and somehow control us. And we see that kind of spilt milk philosophy happen in churches today. Those that have this religious spirit of legalistic rules of churchianity that are meant to, to bring about clones and to control others, at, to bring about, at best, to bring about trying to get a good Christian. 
not necessarily someone who's actually like Christ. This kind of way brings about this false guilt putting on people, brings about death, not life. It presents maybe forgiveness of our past sins, but then from then on it's work salvation with only judgment to look forward to. Or perhaps it's not quite that bad. Perhaps at best it's just a focus on a whitewashing the tomb through external unbiblical holiness rules that focus purely on things that are outside, external versus the internal holiness based on a biblical teaching and a Holy Spirit power in our life. Those are two different things. False guilt that's based on personal and cultural religious preferences that have been taught maybe the last 50 years, but not since Jesus' time. They're not in there. They're not the biblical absolutes. I don't have time to get into all those. I did have some written down, but you know what? That's really not the point. It's keeping in mind that feelings of false guilt are just that, feelings. They're not facts. The facts of God's word. Let his word speak to you and to your situation. And if you are still feeling guilt about something that you have been forgiven for in God, you know that is false guilt. It can't be true. So many places God's words tells us, like Psalm 103, For as high as the heaven is above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Whatever we're carrying around in this bag should have been taken by Jesus. but And he can help us with this. But he didn't die for our false guilt. He wants to help. We need to be able to let this go, to let go of the guilt that is false, but we also need to be able to let go of guilt by repenting of true guilt. It's not difficult grasp that we shouldn't be, hopefully, it's not difficult grasp, we shouldn't be carrying around false guilt. Hopefully we get that. But do we get that we should not be carrying around true guilt? I mean, the bad stuff that happened To us, okay, we let go of that. But the bad stuff that happened through us, I mean, we all sin. We all do wrong things. We hurt others. We have setbacks and failures, and we have guilt about it. And there are some of us who just feel like this is rightfully ours. We earned it. We did it. So we have to carry it. You did it to yourself. And we think, that's the one thing that we do have. But we're never going to be able to enter into the new that God wants to do as long as we continue to keep a hold of the baggage of the past. We're to let it go. It's always been God's plan. God's plan. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endure the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of god you read at the very beginning there the lay aside every weight and what's it say sin 
This is not something we're to take and to carry around with us, to lay aside every sin, to drop it, to let go of it. Now, some in the world will try to tell you how you deal with guilt is that you just don't deal with it. You don't think about it, deny it, don't take it to begin with. But we realize that regret over past sin, that is true guilt, cannot just be wished away. You can't pretend it's not real. You can try to for a little while, but it comes up in, in different ways. You can act like, oh, I'm not gonna, I, I don't feel guilty about that. I, I, I don't want to have to deal. And some people do it through self-medication, if you know what I mean. Some of the things that they do to try to run away from the feelings of true guilt that are going on uh, for others. What happens is what's happened here in Psalm 32. The next verses in verses 3 and 4. When I kept silent, I, I didn't say anything about it. You know, I have this guilt. I just gotta, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm going to act like it didn't happen or I'm going to pretend I don't have to deal with this. I don't want to think about it. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Unconfessed and unrepented of sin causes grief in so many different ways in our life. It can cause the problem not just with our future that we're talking about, but it causes a problem with our present. Secret sin is killing us in more ways than we recognize. Not to mention dealing with the pressure of getting caught all along, ignoring the conviction of the Holy Spirit that just keeps trying to get through, that just keeps knocking on the door. Now, some, and we recognize not all, but some physical problems that we experience are the result of spiritual problems, of guilt from sin. Sometimes sin leads to sickness. We know that. We, we've heard that. And hopefully we recognize the balance of that. And yet we don't realize that sometimes these spiritual problems also flow into other areas of our life. Relationally, emotionally. You think of anxiety and depression. It may be that these are brought on not, I mean, sometimes they're brought on by things that are physical happening. The physical affects us emotionally. And sometimes it's just that we find our difficulties emotionally are in them, themselves. Just what we have, just like we have a cold, we have other types of things that are going on in our life. Sicknesses that come into our life. Sicknesses can happen to us emotionally. But we need to be open to the fact that sometimes... Our emotional difficulties are caused by our spiritual guilt. Just like we have to be open to the fact that sometimes our physical problems are because of spiritual ones. It's not always the case. But if we're not looking to see, is it the guilt that we're traveling around that's weighing us down and feeling down? There are times we feel guilty ultimately because we are guilty. Sometimes we feel guilty just because we are. And guilt is good. We've been told by the world that it's not, but guilt is what points us to God. 
It helps us to see who we are and who He is. True guilt is something that is brought in by the Holy Spirit. It's through His conviction that leads us to confession. And it's a problem. It is a problem if you are a Christian here today and you never, ever experience guilt. Something's not right. Either that or you're able to throw the first stone. I should. True guilt is good and it leads us to God. It leads us to find forgiveness. It leads us to find freedom. It does not end. True guilt does not end. That leads us to God does not end with us carrying a baggage of guilt with us the rest of our lives. Full of regrets. How do we get there? We go conviction. Part of the process of dropping these bags and having them show us is allowing the Holy Spirit to convict us, to, to lead us to God in that way. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, many of you have heard. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We open up the door. We need to open up the door. Let God's light shine on us. Let him speak to us through the Holy Spirit. Search me, O God. And this has to be an inspection, not an introspection. And this is important. It's something that I may have shared in the past. It's something that I'll share in the future because it's something that uh, changed my life and how I was living my life after being a Christian for quite a while. As my eyes were opened to the fact that I was putting on myself false guilt. I was putting, grabbing a hold of a baggage while I was attempting to try to do the right thing by checking out my life, am I right before God? Uh, the time to really see, have I, is there sin in my life? It became destructive and not constructive. And then a, a 93-year-old uh, uh, Armin Gesswine, godly pastor uh, in the Alliance, editor of Alliance Life and so many other things, talked about this psalm. 139 23 and 24 and to put it in a nutshell this is what he said was that there is a big difference between holy inspection by the holy spirit and morbid introspection of our flesh there's a big difference between the allowing the holy spirit because it says search me O god but what i was doing was not that i was searching me O tim and let's just pick it apart and find the different parts and this is then that wrong and this and that instead of saying, search me, O God, Holy Spirit, speak. Show me. Reveal to me. Speak. You can have that relationship, hopefully, that we can do such things. Otherwise, it's false guilt. God with things that God never had a problem with to begin with. All right, so conviction leads to confession. Uh, Psalm 32, the next part in Psalm 32 there. Then in verse 5, I acknowledge my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Agreeing with God about our sin, like David did there, acknowledging that, calling it what it is. Uh, I know some people talk about, yeah... I really, I really made a mistake there. If you made a mistake, you don't have to be having guilt before God. Okay? 
What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying you didn't make a mistake. You sinned. You committed a sin ultimately against God, your loving Heavenly Father. And when we confess, we need to call it what it really is. If we're going to be free from the guilt, we've got to acknowledge all of the guilt that that brings so that we can give it to Him. The wrong said or done, the right that we should have or or didn't. And then that leads us to repent. And we need to understand that if we're going to be able to leave the failures of the past behind, it will never happen if those failures are still in the present. Are you with me? You can't leave the past behind if you're still doing it right now. If you're still going in that. Continue to walk in the same sin that you've never left in the past. The reason that you have guilt is legitimate. Now, some people say, well, you should have seen me before. I used to do this or that. I used to have a big bag of guilt. Now I just got a little one. No, Jesus wants you to be free from all of that guilt. To repent, to drop it, to walk away from it. As we talked about that whole repenting, turning, uh, turning from sin, turning to the Savior, turning to the new page that He wants to do in you. Ephesians 4.22 says to put off the old self which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt with its deceitful desires. And finally, to receive. To receive freedom from the guilt. Give Jesus the bag and walk into the new. To get real about what we've done with Him. But then to receive that forgiveness, that freedom, to recognize that the old is gone, the new has come. If we truly confessed, repented, received that forgiveness and the past is dead and buried, buried in the depths of the sea, as Micah 7.19 says, we need to get our heads out of the grave and of our past sin and like Jesus walk out past the stone that's already been walled away to the new life of a resurrection power of Jesus that he wants to do in our life. If the Son, John 8, 36, if the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. I'm forgiven. These things don't belong with this at all. They don't belong with me. If we don't believe that, we're listening to another voice of the accuser. This part of this being able to move into the new God wants to do and leave the past behind it's not something that the devil wants to happen. He wants us to be, Jesus wants us to be free from guilt and to stop punishing ourselves because he's already took it. He's already taken all of that punishment. He's already paid the price. Let's uh, let me just show you this video. Yeah, um, I didn't expect to see you here. Whoa, what's that smell? That smell? Oh, um, well, that's my trash. I just, I'm a little embarrassed about it. Oh, well, is that why you've been avoiding me? Avoiding you? I, I, I haven't really been avoiding you. I just, you know, I don't, I don't want to get close to you. I mean, I, I just, I don't want you to smell it. I'll take it, Kat. Come oh, on. Oh, no, 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 no. That's okay. I mean, I made it. It's my trash. You know, I should carry it. That's okay. Yeah, but Kat, I mean, this is my job. 
Right. I take people's trash. That's what I do. So. Right. Okay. Well, maybe I could go and just clean it up a little bit, you know, and then I'll just I'll come back. No, Kat, I don't need you to do that. Um. Okay. I'll take it from you, so you don't have to carry the weight. Oh well, I. Come on. Uh, just, uh, just hand it over. Uh, All right. All right. Let go. Let go. Yes, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, How's that feel? Weird. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah, just loosen it up a little Whoa, bit. Check that out. I don't know if I've ever moved like that before. Well, I mean, that is crazy. I just, I feel so free and alive. I, it's I mean, the lack of trash. Whoa. I just, it's just like. This is the craziest feeling I have ever had. I just, it's like something's missing, you know? Well, I just, um, get used I, to feeling free, because that's yeah. what you are now. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, what okay. are you doing? I just, I got to get one thing, okay? Hold on just a minute Get here. one thing? No, 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 don't open the bag. Lisa, thank you so much for your sacrifice. I really appreciate all that you've done for me. What's going on here, Kat? What? Look, I'll take the trash, but you need to put that back. Oh, um, no, actually, um, that's okay. This is mine. It's my piece. I want to keep it. No, it goes right back in the bag, so I'll help you. Here, no, 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 put no, it no. here. No, Jesus, I, I need to remind myself not to make more trash. I mean, that just Kathleen, makes sense. Kathleen, I will remind you not to make more trash. Oh, okay? well, Jesus, you know... That's what I do. I mean, we'll walk together. I know, but I should be in a better place than this by now. I mean, I just... I'm constantly doing things wrong, you know, and I, I'm just, I'm constantly letting you down. No, the only thing that's letting me down is, is, is you taking the stuff back. Okay. Look, I took care of the trash before you even created it. Oh. Look, don't you see what's happening? Every time I take your trash away, you come back and, and take another piece. And the more pieces you carry around, the more trash you attract. It reeks. Cat. When I look at you, I don't see your sin. I see you, the real you, the free you. This is what I'm fighting for. This is what I died for. Jesus, I'm sorry. I just, please forgive me. I've already forgiven you. The question is, will you forgive yourself? You know, we've talked about letting go of the baggage of the past and we've often been thinking of it as I've put here as in luggage but the reality is letting go of the past baggage of guilt is this kind of bag not one of those this is the baggage of guilt that we are carrying and not given over to him the place where our guilt belongs is right here our trash this is what Jesus died for and there is no reason that we should continue to carry it around that's why he came that's what the cross is about to be set free from that and some of you are struggling with a guilt from things way back when. That is under the blood. It's happened. Taken care of. Ask the worship team to come. Today, it, it may be for those of us 
you were each given a bag. And actually, uh, I know at least for Daniel, he ran into trouble with people saying, I don't want to take a bag. You say, well, uh, pastor said only those who are without sin don't have to take a bag. We all have sin. It may just be something from today. And maybe what you want to do is you have that a little piece of paper, the something at the bottom of the what we were taking sermon notes on, and you want to write that down and stick it in your bag. Maybe it doesn't have to be that formal. But I just want to give us that opportunity, even in a, in a very physical kind of way, in a, uh, a way that maybe we can remember to say, today I'm done carrying around the trash of the past. I'm done carrying around the guilt and regret about some things that I should never have been to begin with or some things that I really should have had guilt about, but I've given it to Jesus. Or at least I've asked his forgiveness. Apparently, I haven't completely given it to Jesus. And so as we sing this song, you want to come up and drop your bag in? I encourage you to do that. Father, help us now, Jesus. Speak, Holy Spirit, convict and move who you want us to be to no longer be chained or carry around the bags of the past but to move into the new future that you want for each of us move